Hello, amazing, beautiful, badass, powerful humans. Welcome to another episode of the Self Love Effect Podcast, where we strive to be our most authentic, unapologetic selves, inspiring others around us to be the best version of themselves. So welcome. I am your host, Desiree Toppings. This is episode 62, and I am excited to announce our very special guest. But before I do so, I want you guys to take a second and repeat after me. I'm going to make it through this day. I'm going to make it through this week. I'm going to make it through this month. I'm going to make it through this year. I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it. I love myself. I love myself. I love myself. And before I go any further, I want to tell you guys, if you have ever gained anything from listening to this podcast, please head on over, leave us a review and subscribe, like, share with family and friends, tag us on Instagram, and that is how we grow organically. So without further ado, our very special guest today is Robin Joy Myers. She married her expertise as a molecular geneticist and the early death of her mother to understand the science of here and now helps empower thousands of women worldwide to amplify their voice, embrace change, and thrive through life's transitions. With over 25 years of experience in the corporate and nonprofit world, Robin Joy is an international speaker, talk show host, and has spoken at renowned corporations and conferences, including Coviance Pharmaceuticals Women's Future Conference and the International Association for Women. She is the creator of F-E-A-R, The Fear Method, and the author of Alone But Not Lonely, Reclaim Your Identity and Be Unapologetically You, which was listed among the 13 life coaching self-development books that everyone should read. Her upcoming book, The Common Denominator, will be released sometime soon in the future. Robin Joy's TED Talk, X Talk, The Science of Loneliness and Isolations has tens of thousands of views and is now featured on TED.com. Her expertise has also been featured on Hallmark's Home and Family TV, CUTV, News Radio, and in Thrive Global, Medium and Authority Magazine. Welcome, Robin Joy Myers, to the Self Love Effect Podcast. I'm so excited to have you here. And, you know, I speaking to you right before this, we started recording, I really enjoyed your Ted talk. And honestly, I'm so honored to have you and it's such a privilege and I'm excited to just dive right in and, um, welcome. Well, thank you first for having me. I'm just as honored to be with you. Um, I love your podcast and, and also thank you for watching my Ted talk. As I said to you, I'm like, so honored when people take their seven minutes and 26 seconds to watch it. So thanks. (laughs) Yeah, I love it. And what I'll do too, is for you guys listening, I'll add the link right in the bottom of the synopsis. That way you guys take some time too. Um, I feel like it's just short and sweet and to the point, and it's really perfect. We can take away so much from it. Sometimes when it's too long, we'll sit there and we're like, oh man, we have to listen to 30 minutes, an hour, two hours, three hours you know, but you gained so much within that time span. So I really enjoyed it. Um, But I want to hear about your self-discovery because it did happen a little later in life, but can you walk us through that? Sure. Um, Yeah. So I always kind of, I laugh about it now because I think it really started to kick in when I turned 53. Um, So I try and and get people to um, self-discover possibly a little early. Not that it's never too late, but just a few tips ahead of the game. Um, So really to back up, you know, I was always a people pleaser person and I was the youngest of three with two older brothers Um, and I did for everybody. And so it kind of rolled in from childhood to my adulthood and 
Um, 53 is pretty significant. And the reason why is I, um, my mother was 53 when she passed away from cancer and I was in graduate graduate school. I was 21 at the time. And so, you know, I went to graduate school because I didn't get into medical school. Um, I discovered a gene, but I was just lonely and isolated and, you know, scared of my own shadow. We can talk about fear of that yes. later on, but um, it, it was great. I discovered a gene. However, if you stay long enough in a lab, you're going to discover something because you're just working by yourself. So something's going to pop up. But um, when I was turning 53, my daughter, I have two boys and a girl as well. When I was turning 53, she turned 21. And what was really, it was just very surreal. It just really was. Um, I rolled in from graduate school into meeting my my boyfriend becomes my fiance becomes my husband and went right into motherhood. Um, I didn't have a female role model. And so I really didn't have that go-to person. And now I'm 57 and it's kind of like, um, that was just what I did. And yeah, I had the career, but I gave up the career to become a mother. We'll never, you know, turn that down. That's my greatest thing ever. But um, I did it, not that I didn't love it and I wouldn't change a thing, but I did it because I sh thought I should. And so I, and the jobs that I took as my kids had gotten older were jobs that really weren't necessarily by choice. It was kind of a placeholder because my kids are two years apart. Mm -hmm. And so it was placeholders because you know, we had college tuitions and things like that. So it was extra money on the side. So all of it was something that would fit into the schedule of having kids schedules and getting home and, and extracurricular activities. What really flipped the switch was I went from teaching math and science, no surprise. <laughs> I'm a killer genetics finally yes. kicked in. Um, but what really flipped the switch is I left teaching to uh, a nonprofit group to still teach, but it seemed like the ideal job. It was very creative. So it kind of mixed it a little bit of that. My uh, boss was a woman and basically she was a narcissist and she mm. turned the switch of turning, switching me back into that quiet, isolated young self where I didn't have my voice. Like I thought I was getting it, but I didn't have my voice. And all through that time and really until age 53, I couldn't tell you who Robin was, no less Robin Joy. Like I never used my middle name. And I realized at that point, you know, I was raising three kids. One was a girl, like she is going to have to have a voice. And believe me, she's quite a strong willed woman. She's now 25, but um, I was not going to go another day. And so when that 53rd birthday rolled around, it was like, if I can't discover who I am, like, how do I give her the tools to discover who she is? And that really just, it was just enough to push me over the edge to, you know, I suffered from depression. It was either like, it was going to, I'm still going to live and deal with it, or I'm, there's no purpose of living. And that's yeah. what made me really take the, the path of living and making a change. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, you know, I, when you talk about, um, <clears throat> that's what you had to do, you know, i in society, we, as women, we are given this blueprint, right? What we have to follow you do X, Y, and Z. And that's just the way things are. Um, and, and that's hard because that creates so many limiting beliefs, you know, makes right. us, and in a sense, we lose our identity. Like, who are we? Who are we now? Especially when our kids leave the nest. Like, that's a conversation I've had with my mom when we all left. It's like, she went through a phase where she's like, what now? Like, who am I? And it's exactly. refinding yourself, rediscovering. And, um, you know, that's, if we can only be taught at a young age. And I said this on like a podcast with a teacher not so long ago. I'm like, if we could just learn things in school, like self-love, awareness, mindfulness, I honestly truly believe we would be on a better path throughout life um, rather than having so many what it feels like detours. 
Um, I so 110% agree with you so much. And, you know, but when you think about it, like in the, in, if you back up and go to our childhood, right, we're not taught to love ourselves. We're not taught self-care and especially kind of, I'll, I'll say my generation, um, we're, we're in that in between where we're just finding out like what to do now. So all of you younger people like have this opportunity because we're taught to trust and love everybody else, right? And do what everyone else said, or I was. So mm-hmm. to think about taking time for myself or, you know, what is self-love? I, I never even knew it, but I never heard the term, knew what the term meant. So we're not taught like how to spend time with ourselves and love ourselves. Like when I was, you know, even a young mother, you were judged if you put yourself first sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So to start learning to do that at a younger age and prioritize, like you don't have to say yes to everything and you don't have to be, I mean, now my daughter's 25, my sons are 27 and turning 30. You don't have to have all the answers. You don't have to have the career path. Like you have so much more time and just like, enjoy it. Like just enjoy because life changes and you should want to, you know, I always say choice, chance and change. Like you should want to grow and and life should change. Right. Right. Like we want things to change because otherwise we're not learning, we're not growing. And so at every stage, even when we become an empty nester and um, like, I adore these, this stage of my life right now, because I have what my mother didn't have. And that's to see my kids grow up. And I love every day of it. Yeah. I, and I love your three C's of life. And if you guys didn't catch on to that, it is choice, chance and change. It's yeah. like, um, you always have a choice to take a chance to make a change. Always on twister. <laughs> it's it's something that, twister. but it sticks with you. Cause it's catchy and it makes you realize it takes you a second to think, wait a minute, that is right. It goes hand in hand one after the other. Yeah. Um, but on this road of self-discovery, um, you spoke about self-love as well, but you found self-love in a different way. Um, that I think when I was reading, you know, about the questionnaire, um, that really, um, got me to think a little bit more because uh, this was the first time where I read something in regards to this, and I'm going to let you talk about it because I don't want to, you know, spoiler alert over here. Um, but tell us about your discovery of self-love and how that came about. Okay. Cause I don't have my form in front of me, so you have to give me a, Oh, okay. So you were talking about how divorce to okay. really understand self-love. <laughs> Thank you. I thought that's where we're headed. Yeah. So talk about, uh, I just had my 31st anniversary, which is always interesting because you're kind of like rolling into the next year. So I guess it's yeah. for 32. So like many couples, um, you know, marriage is, I think now this isn't to be funny, but it is kind of funny. So we sign, you know, we get driver's license and there's an expiration date, right? I really think marriage should come with like an, um, a whole explanation. Like you need to renew it after a certain amount of time because life does change, Yeah, right? (laughs) It does change. And so you're a different person. I am such a different person than I was at 25, getting married, not knowing who I was and trying to please my husband and please three kids and all that sort of stuff to um, keep fast forwarding, raising children and then becoming an empty nester. And then looking at this man who, you know, has been my soulmate and saying like, Hmm, now what do we do? Who are you? So as I discovered myself and started to talk to women and empower women, he's still doing his job, which has been Mm -hmm. great. Um, but I was expecting him to read my mind and understand that, you know, the kids are gone. And so I'm not going to be making dinner every night. I'm not going right. to do these things. And, and not that he wanted that, but we never had discussions. And so we very amicably said, um, we should separate. It was 29 years. We should separate. And I hear so many women at about 18 years, 18, 20 years, 
things start getting shaken up a little bit. Yeah. Um, but when I look back, there are these little cracks in our foundation of communication and no shocker there because I never talked. <laughs> I never had to. I never wanted to. Yeah. Why rock the boat in my life? So when we separated and then um, I live in the state of Virginia. I don't know where you're living, actually. I never even asked you. California. Okay. On the well, other Virginia, side. <laughs> Virginia is a very odd state. Sorry, Virginia. Um, you get an email saying, congratulations, your divorce is finalized. Oh, yeah, very odd, but um, whatever. Uh, so our divorce actually had gone through, but in, in the journey of being separated and we never really did fight or anything, I did a lot more deep diving, you know, and that's one suggestion for everybody. The more you start to learn about yourself and my suggestion is you need to spend time with yourself. You need to take yourself out on dates. You need to buy yourself flowers. You need to say like, what are my non-negotiables? I brought that to our relationship because we did sit down and we did start to talk. Like, what are, what are the non-negotiables? Like, what do you want from the relationship? What do I want? Because right now we could easily walk. Um, we realized that our foundation was the same. And so, but I didn't really love myself. And I discovered things about me that I had to put as boundaries. Like I truly had to love myself in order to give love to him. And for a relationship to work, unless you truly know who you are and truly, truly can say, I love myself, um, it's very hard to have an open, honest relationship. Yeah. And now, you know, we're back together and um, we do have to get remarried <laughs> because <laughs> according to Virginia, we're legally divorced. Um, but um, we have a stronger relationship than we did even getting married 31 years ago. That's beautiful. And, you know, the foundation with yourself is first and foremost, the most important. And when we don't have that, again, how, how can you love another? Like it's hard because you're constantly questioning yourself or you don't set boundaries or you feel a certain way, but you won't tell them how you feel because, oh, I don't want to make them angry, but you, in a sense, don't take care of your own emotions or how you feel. You put yourself on the back burner and then it just kind of just piles up over time. And that's even with relationships with friends or with family, we do the same thing. Exactly. And it's, it's really true. I think it's really a foundation. It's really like that first step for any relationship, Yeah. family, friends, kids, spouses, uh, partners, what, whatever that is, you really truly have to spend the time discovering who you are and what your boundaries are, what, you know, I call them non-negotiables, like make a list, like what is truly, truly important to you yeah. and, and what do you look for? And that's, that's your golden rules that you're not going to negotiate about. I love that. I love that you have that. Um, I feel like so many of us, if you were to ask, um, what is that? So many people would, you know, that would be their first response because like we said earlier, we're not taught to love ourselves. We're not taught to self-care. Um, we're not taught to put non-negotiables on the table because that's selfish. Why would you do right. that when you shouldn't come first? Every, you know, we're in a sense, we please everybody but ourselves. But with time, that's very crumbling and can it's very self-destructive. And I think that's why you see marriages, you know, coming to crossroads at 18, 20, 25 years, 30 years, because you do get to a point where you're like, what do I do with myself? Right. And kids leave the nest or whatever. And um, you're at a crossroad personally. What am I going to do? Uh, and, and you change. And that's why you do have to, you know, do the three C's of life. But that's why you have to be willing to grow and educate and you know, our, our deal now is, you know, let's just try different things. And listen, if we don't like it, we get adventurous. If we don't like something, well, then we just don't do it again, but just try it once and see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, uh, with self-love, you know, at any moment in time, we can begin this journey and it's not linear. It's imperfect. Um, but during that course, during as you know, it's a lifelong journey. It's an investment and it's a commitment okay. to yourself. Um, 
but you have the ability to rewire your brain. And this is where I was so excited (laughs) to lead this conversation because you uh, understand neuroplasticity and you've highlighted on this. So I want you to take the floor because my listeners listen to me talking about this, but I, I don't have, I'm not a scientist. I'm not, I don't have that field behind me. Um, but I would love for you to elaborate on neuroplasticity and really taking the time to rewire your brain and how that is possible. I would love to. So, you know, neuroplasticity, it's so nice. I could get my science. And so I really am a science geek. I think at heart, <laughs> I love it. it all comes together. Um, neuroplasticity is the ability that we can rewire our brain, right? So if we have good patterns that are good habits, fantastic. If we have bad patterns, they become bad habits. And so we don't really want them in our lives. Very often as we become adults, we have certain triggers that bother us. And it could be, it could be at work. It could be someone saying something to us and it rubs us the wrong way. And so we react and sometimes we overreact and we don't really realize why that reaction happens. And very often it goes back to a pattern way earlier in our lives, known as imprints from our childhood. And it comes back to basically these patterns and behaviors that were imprinted in our lives by parents and teachers and caregivers, where as a child, we had no control over, right? And it could be, it doesn't have to be a big trauma. It could be, I mean, there's traumas of different levels. So but it could be something from even a teacher saying, be quiet, or, you know, my household growing up, my parents were great, but the way we dealt with things is we didn't talk, don't talk, don't tell, don't do, you know, good, bad, don't say a word. Mm -hmm. And I noticed that actually, as I uncovered the whole divorce situation, uncovering self-love, my father always said, just stay in the corner and you're a girl, be pretty. You don't have to do anything. Just stay, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and that really came out raring after I did a lot of healing when I, when we separated. Um, and I was like, Oh my God, it was my, like, finally that childhood trauma really kind of like a light went off and I was like, Oh, I get it now. So neuroplasticity is that ability and it's understanding what the trigger is. And then the more you understand the trigger, you can start re- reprogramming. So what it is, is basically is you kind of have to stop and re it's like a circuit board, you have to rewire. So the more you can reprogram and it's basically like rinse and repeat. Mm-hmm. Some people say it takes 30 days. Some people say it takes 90 days. It's, it's taking a pattern and a new behavior and just doing it over and over again. So example, for an example, like morning routine, I'm a huge advocate of a morning routine. I say, start five minutes, like, if you're going to journal five minutes now, I don't expect you to go do it five days this week. And, you know, you, you now have created a brand new pattern and you're going to journal <laughs> every day and you're going to have a great new mindset. That's not going to happen. But right. if you could do two days like this week and maybe two days next week, yeah. that's great. And then you add in a third day, you know, three weeks down the road, and then you just keep trying to add on a day. So it becomes then how you're living rather than all at once. And that's why you see people, I mean, you could look at exercise routines or, you know, weight diets and things like that. You have to bring things in that's sustainable. And the way you do it is in the rewiring. Right. Yeah. That consistency is key is where it really falls into that it's pattern. It's like slow and steady. Mm-hmm. Slow and steady wins the race. But, you know, in, in eliminating that all or nothing mindset, and this is where when I talk to my clients as well, they're like, okay, I'm going to do it every single day. And then by day five, they're like, I don't know what's wrong with me. I'm a failure. And going down this rabbit hole, um, negative self-talk. Yeah. And, you know, we have to remind ourselves you know, we didn't learn how to tie our shoes in a day. If you did, that's great. But for the majority of us, it takes a lot of repetition to get it right. And the same thing, you know, if you're going to start journaling, if you're going to start meditation, start small, don't start with this gigantic goal that is 
you know, I always tell them just simplify it, just right, exactly. make it simple because you're in a sense, you're just trying to scare yourself out of doing something, just do it small and it will be effective because it doesn't have to be a grand gesture. You just, especially when it comes to yourself and, you know, rewiring and really taking the time to sit with yourself. I always tell them, you guys should talk to yourselves. Like they, I always talk to myself and they think I was like, I know I sound crazy. Absolutely. Because <laughs> my husband's like, do you need me? And he's like, are you okay? I'm always like, oh, I'm talking to myself. He goes, oh, okay. I figured, but I wasn't quite sure. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, but it's so true. Yeah. And it's so important to get to know yourself. I mean, you are your best friend. Well, at least you should be. You You know yourself better than anyone will ever know you. Absolutely. And you know, it's really important too that you you talk to yourself like you're talking to your best friend because I think that's something, you know, that negative talk is so easy. But if we you could even record yourself if because if you heard what you're saying to yourself, you'd be like, I would never say that to anybody, but you're saying it to yourself. Yeah. yeah. And we're okay with it most times. And usually we allow ourselves to do that. So I always say to people, like when you trigger, when something gets you and you start, it triggers you, you know, sit with it. Like you don't have to respond to anybody, like unless the house is on fire and you got to get out or something, but, but try and start keeping it almost like a journal as to when you're triggered and then kind of try to peel back and identify, is it something that is happening often? Is it a certain situation or a certain comment that someone has made? Is it a person that triggers you and try and start identifying what that is. And then you'll, I'm telling you, it'll probably come back something, either a parent or a teacher or something like that. It'll, it'll go back to that. Yeah. We really have to, I always use the Shrek analogy when he's like onions are like layers. Like we have so many layers. (laughs) If we just peel them back and one at a time and really take it one day at a time. And, you know, cause it's, it's a, it's a lifelong journey. And I repeat it every single day and they're probably, I'm like, I probably get annoying and it just, it's repetitive, but it really is. It's a lifelong commitment to yourself. But within that, that limiting belief and really taking the time to understand what's going on internally, you know, sometimes what can get in the way is fear, you know, Mm -hmm. fear of change, fear of growth. And I know you're really big on fear. Um, And so I want you, wherever you would like to start to really elaborate on that and what your acronym for fear stands for. I'm going to cry. Like something's wrong, right? They have no idea. Typically they'll cry. And that fear of getting back up and almost fear of being seen. And you just kind of imprinted a whole load of things, sorry to say, into them of fear of trying again, taking a risk, all of that, where if you can just step back and, and, and just sort of analyze the situation, right? So if you have multiple kids, you probably do this a little easier because you have to have radar (laughs) for all of them. So my third one probably buyed a lot better on this one. But um, if you can take a step back and analyze a little bit and it's like, okay, if you're okay and you can stand back up, it's like, okay, get up. You're good. Because if you're like, oh, good landing or something like that or a thumbs up, they look like, oh, okay. You know, it's not that bad. I'm it's fine. not that bad. I guess I'm okay. <sighs> Might not feel so good, but they get back up a lot easier. And so will they cry? Maybe. But if you don't put that like, uh oh, into them, they typically don't put the same worry. If you fast forward that, that kind of lingers. So that's something like a, a talk about neuroplasticity. You have to cut that cord. So if it's not serving you, you have to be able to stop that because there's always that little lingering thing. You might not know like why you don't like taking risks or why you might not like speed or something like that. And something might trigger you later in life. Like you don't like, I don't know, riding a bike fast, right. Or driving fast. I don't know. That might be a bad example, but um, 
but somewhere down back in the day, you might've been told you're going too fast, slow down or be careful out there. So you see how these patterns can just keep yeah. going on and on. Yeah, so the fear um, acronym is to forgive, emerge, accept, and resolve. And so the forgiveness is really for you. It's not for anybody else but yourself. So forgiving yourself, whether it's from a trauma, moving past an imprint, you know, sometimes we feel very guilty to move beyond something that we were told by our parents, um, told to do, or it's a family tradition, and we just don't want to do it anymore, right? And we feel very guilty about either having a discussion with our parents if they're asking why we're not, but you have to be able to move past that. So that forgiveness is for you. Once you do that, the next step is emerging through that and accepting then, and then being able to resolve that you're creating your new imprints, you're creating your new habits. And that's where the whole kind of circle of life of neuroplasticity then is complete. Yeah, I love that. It just makes so much, like when you sit back and like, I'm analyzing myself as a parent and now I'm like, well, maybe that's why my son does that. Or maybe that's why my daughter feels that way every single time she does X, Y, Z. And then you see yourself and it's like, oh, we create it. And so, and I always try when I read books or, you know, different science, science podcasts and listening to them and speaking to my parents, I'm like, it's not necessarily your fault because it was given to you from your parents and they were given from theirs. It's just generations, but when does it stop? Like when do we, and we have the ability to stop that. And so like that, and I'm constantly like, oh, wait, I can break the pattern. It's my pattern to break that way. My kids don't repeat it. And it's a very good point you're making because, um, and it's a conscious choice, right? Yeah. And it's not to shame anybody or anything like right. that. Like we, we don't know. And our parents did the best they could. Yeah. I remember. Um, so when I was 11 years old, I rode horses or something on the weekends and I had a bad accident. I broke my back in three places. I got oh thrown from God. a horse and, you know, so I'm sure that scared the living daylights out of my parents, yeah. you know, back brace and all right. that kind of stuff. When my daughter was about 10, we lived in um, an area where it's kind of rural and horses were all around. She wanted to ride. I didn't think twice. I'm like, neighbors had horses all over, come visit the barn, you know, get all the cute equipment and riding, you know, yeah. got to look good for it. <laughs> I remember receiving a call from my father and all he said was, it wasn't even like, hello. It was, um, I can't believe you would be so dumb. I'm so disappointed in you. Mm. I was like, hi, dad. <laughs> right. What are you, what are you talking about? How could you let my granddaughter ride a horse? And at first I had to take a step back before I even responded, because why would you talk to me like that? But then I had a process. Oh, I got it. So his whole fear of him processing her, getting hurt, me letting her ride after I, I mean, I was 11. I, don't remember half of the accident anyways, but I had to make that cut because otherwise either she would never ride or as an adult, she would have to try and ride and wonder why she couldn't, you know what I mean? So it was like a conscious choice to say, listen, accidents can happen. I giving you a lesson and the equipment and I would certainly hope nothing would happen. Right. Letting her have her experiences versus holding her back because of yours. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's um, like we live in this world where we sometimes fear does get the best of us, but we can't hold others back for their own experiences and to see life because they're always going to see life through a different eye. Right or they're going to have their own experiences because their life is theirs and ours is ours. And that goes hand in hand with our kids. And although we want to shield them and grandparents want to do the same, how are they ever going to, you know, become their own person 
and see what they like and see what they don't like. And if they're, you know, if scary movies are really scary for them, and that's a big one in our house, we've always said, if that's scary to you, that's scary, but I'm not going to tell you, oh, it, it, ooh, it's scary. It's scary. Like I'm scared. And at first I was the parent that did that. And my husband, he was like, we don't do that. Like, let them, let them on their own. And this was like during the very first stages of like my self-awareness and self-love and healing Mm -hmm. journey. And now I'm at this point where I'm like, thank goodness for him because our kids are so much different. I mean, they're not, they're four and six, but they're very self-aware in what they like. And, you know, they're okay if they're different or if their friends like this and they don't, they're, you know, but it's stuff like that. It's like not imprinting on them, let them, let them figure it out on their own. And I think that's amazing. Yeah. That's awesome. I love, I'm just sitting here. So in awe, I'm like, this is, I love learning and, (laughs) and sciences. I, it's so amazing how much we've grown. And, you know, we we talk about the eighties where they thought, oh, the brain can't change. Like we can't rewire it. And then we go to the mid nineties and they're like, wait a minute, the brain can change. We have the ability. And then just you know, understanding the mind came after, and it was just so many There's gates so many have things. been open. Yeah. yeah. And, and even like self-love and stuff like that, you know, you talk about the brain and, um, for so long with mindset for so long, you know, um, even when I was in high school and growing up, you're either a left brain thinker or a right brain thinker. Yeah. And, you know, you have a growth mindset or a fixed mindset and it couldn't mesh uh-huh. you're one way or the other. And, I think as so much work has been done with mindset and mindfulness, no, they do mesh. And that's where this crossover has allowed people to really kind of pause and say like, no, no, I don't, I'm not one or the other, like the creative and the, um, both sides have to work together. And then we have women like you who are empowering other women and teaching them. It is possible. You know, you've empowered thousands and I'm both men and women but to see that they can change their life, that they have the ability that, you know, that at any moment in time, they can say, I choose me and I'm willing to put in the work. And so, you know, you really are paving the way. And I'm so thankful and grateful for, you know, women like you who are able to really use your story. Cause, you know, I believe that our story is they, it's what's the quote. Um, it's someone else's survival guide. But it really is like our story is to tell, not something that we should, you know, keep hush hush or be embarrassed of. It really can help another person. And at any given moment, someone may need to hear your story. And that could be the whole shift in their whole life journey for them. Yeah. No, I I thank you for that. And um, I agree. And I think that's why it took me to like my Ted talk, it took me to my Ted talk to say I discovered a gene, to be honest, like, I kind of hit the whole like molecular genetics, and I don't really know why, you know, but um, I was like, yeah, I was in a lab. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. well, elaborate on that really, I, you know, (laughs) elaborate on that, because it is a big deal. And I don't, I've never done that. And I'm sure our listeners have never (laughs) done that. So, I mean, it is something to cheer about and to clap about. And even though during that time you uh, were in a lab because you were, you know, an introvert and, you know, like to be behind closed doors and just, you know, put your head in the books and just do your work. But this is big. This is not something to light. It it all kind of, it's funny how each part of your life, like, I'll say sequence together, which you'll understand the pun in a minute, but um, so my, my master's is in molecular genetics. And while I was in the lab, um, I worked on fruit flies, um, those little thingies. And I discovered a gene that actually um, was a mutation in wing formation. And so as I broke out in my TED talk about, I, um, it impeded flight. And for so yeah. long, I think I impeded my own flight. And so it all kind of, I want people to understand, like, you have to acknowledge your, your past and your present and decide what your future, like, what do you want? Because you get to, you get to create it. And you might not say, you might say, like, I can't necessarily go be an entrepreneur, I have this big passion project, but I have to do this, but there's paths to get there. And so nothing's impossible. 
at all. So it's just, you know, it's just creating it. Oh my goodness. How cute. I told her let mommy, cause I have to work from home today. And I was like, let mommy record. And she's like, I just want to say hi though. Hi. <laughs> she's, she's, um, our little, you know, four going on 16. Got it. Um, <laughs> but you know, I, I believe that's not believe that is so amazing that, you know, although it took you to your Ted talk, but that you embrace it and you talk about it and you're able to be proud of yourself. Cause that's something to be proud of. Um, and okay. so, yeah, but what self love practices do you incorporate daily? Um, I, um, I really, uh, embrace value and, <laughs> very much, uh, hold true to taking time for me every day. I, I am ritual <laughs> with my morning journaling. Um, I always practice, uh, I, I get up in the morning. I do, um, actually a great Abraham Hicks. It's called morning rampage. If, mm -hmm. if anyone's interested, uh, it's a 10 minute morning meditation about just how you setting the intentions for the day. I just, I love that one because it's kind of um, just remind you that things will happen, but just remember you're going to be just fine. Yeah. So I start with that every morning and I then go to my journal and I do, you know, what I'm grateful for. I ask myself two questions. What do I want to have happen for me today? And what do I need to have happen? And um uh, what are those intentions? What do I want to have done? So I don't spend a ton of time. I'm not like a long journal writer. Yeah. And then I make sure I have my morning coffee. So I definitely <laughs> do that. I get, and then I get my workout, my yoga, my yeah. heavier workout in. So that is my self care. And then midday I take a break and I take a walk with the dog. And uh, at night I write down what I'm grateful for from that day. I love that. I love that. It's, yeah. you know, I, I think something that we may oversee is taking time to be grateful and whether it's, um, you know, grateful for the roof where we had something simple or just grateful for someone taking the time to tell you they're grateful for you. Like, how does that make you feel, but really taking time and, um, whether we do in the morning or right at night, that way, you know, our subconscious clings on to that too. Um, yeah. really does make an impact. Um, but I love that you do take time for gratitude. Um, you know, that's, that's a big one. And, um, but you know, I know you have your day ahead of you and well, you're on the East coast, <laughs> I'm on the West. So it's a little bit time difference, but I, you know, I like to challenge my listeners weekly with some type of challenge, whether it's a like a journal prompt or just something for them to implement in their daily routine, because many of us don't take the time for ourselves. And, you know, it's important to schedule yourself in how, you know, whether that sounds funny or not, you know, you have to take some, whether it's five minutes, 10 minutes, whether it's 30 or an hour, whatever you can put in, you don't go without your day without doing it. Um, right. and I, and I truly believe that it does make a difference, but what kind of challenge would you leave the listeners for today? You know, I would love to tell the listeners, I would love to give them an affirmation challenge. That's what I would love to do. So my affirmation challenge is, you know, listening to other people's affirmations are great. And sometimes that works for people. Um, but, what, but what I would like to challenge them with is to pick up your cell phone mm -hmm. and go into your voice memos and record yourself a personal affirmation and start with I am. And you can change that daily. You can change it weekly. You can record one or 10 or as many as you need. But I am powerful because and let your voice tell you why you're powerful. And it's a great way to not only talk to yourself, 
but it's also a great way to reset. So if things aren't going quite as planned or you have a speaking event or a meeting or, you know, you just, you have a conversation with someone that maybe not, it might not be the most comfortable conversation, but you just have to remind yourself like you've got this. Your own affirmation is really great. Powerful. Your words, listening to yourself is powerful when it's positive. We all know that negative has a great influence over us, but what if we spoke more positive to ourselves about ourselves? So I think that's my challenge is to pick up your cell phone and I am, and it could be, I am strong, but I like, I am powerful because Mm -hmm. I love that. Well, you guys heard her. So I'm going to challenge you guys. And if you guys do it, you already know, just tag us both on Instagram and social media, but I will have all her links at the bottom. But I also wanted to ask you as I ask everybody, but I'm not going to take you, I'm not going to let this be off guard. What is your favorite quote or a quote you would like to share with the listeners? You know, I'd like to share um, to, so the quote is this, always know your worth um, because no one but yourself will give you, will validate your worth. I love that. It's true. It's no one else, not, not your spouse, not your friends, not your family, not your significant other. Um, only you can give it to yourself. And when you don't, yeah, then something, when you feel like there's something missing that link, that missing puzzle piece more times than none, that's what it is. I truly believe that. So that's my quote. Is there anything else you would like to share? Wow. This is a pleasure. Thank you. I love what you do. And, um, what an honor to be part of it. The honor is mine. I loved having you. I loved hearing from the science perspective of things because really people need to gain more insight and understanding that you can rewire, you can change your life. It's not all about, you know, manifestation and affirmations are great, but when you really understand the power that you hold within and it's all upstairs, then anything is achievable. I honestly, truly believe that if you really, if you really believe that and embody that, um, and just, you know, embody your true authentic self. So, right. And also to know that any, any time is good to start, like you're fine where you are. So don't think you're too late, too early. Yes. You're not behind. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So where can they find you? Oh, you can find me. What's the best way? to connect with you? I would say find me um, probably on Instagram. Then my links are on there. So it's just Robin Joy Myers. Okay, perfect. And you guys already know I would add all the links down in the synopsis of this as well and on Instagram. But thank you, Robin Joy. I love your middle name, um, by the way. Um, Thank you. Thank you so much for being here on the podcast, for taking time out of your day and really for being that light and for guiding others and paving the way for so many men and women, um, especially us women who just need to know that it's possible to change our life and that we can at any given moment. So thank you for all you do. Continue to change lives. And as I leave my listeners all the time, do something today that will leave the world better than you found it. Uh, Thank you. We'll talk to you guys soon. Bye. Bye. All right, guys, let me drop you off some discount codes. If you have not heard so already, I am a first form advisor on the first form app, helping you with your nutrition, your fitness, and your mindset goals and journey. So you can find more information down in the synopsis below, or you can head on over to the app store, download the first form app, add me as your advisor, Desiree at selfloveeffect.com or under Desiree Toppings. We also have our free private Facebook community page, which I will love to have each and every one of you a part of, especially those of you following the podcast. We are currently in day nine of our journal prompts for mindset. So you can head on over, find the link down here in the synopsis or in the link in my bio, but we are team self-love effect. 
So even if you're not ready to be on the First Form app, we will embrace you with open arms. Our community is so empowering and they have changed my life in so many ways. So next on the list is we do have a first form link for all supplements. If you guys have any questions, please never hesitate to reach out. But the self-love effect does have a personal link. You can also find it here on the synopsis or on the link in my bio on social media. Now, moving on to born primitive. If you have not done so, I promise you best apparel, athletic apparel on the market. I cannot think of a better company to represent their veteran owned and very humanitarian The link in my bio and in the synopsis saves you automatically 10% off at checkout. So you don't need to copy and paste a code. You just go to checkout and it should be applied automatically. Next, we have Wad and Done. Save your hands. Stop tearing. Invest in Wad and Done. I have not torn in almost two years now and my hands are happy. I'm happy. And pull-ups and toes to bar have never felt better. You can save at checkout using Treasures 10. Next, get your hands on some cute headbands for active wear or just everyday wear at Maven Threads. Save using Self Love Effect 15. And last but not least, head on over to our Self Love Effect shop and get yourself some Self Love Effect podcast swag, apparel, and you can save using Self Love Effect at checkout. And that's all I have for you guys. I hope you have an amazing rest of your day continue to be the best version of you. I believe in you. The question always is, do you believe in yourself? Love you guys. Bye.